from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast Ravi he told me that he's a financer on this project and he's beginning to finance films with this casting company that does actually exist in the UAE in Dubai and he told me they are casting for an international web series and you know like the the entire cast is locked so i should audition for it so i was going there for an audition and not for a shoot and you know in our industry a lot of things at the audition stage is extremely vague okay you don't know the platform you don't know who's directing it you don't know anything really and honestly at the audition stage there's nothing to lose so most of us just audition i audition four five times a day sometimes you know so doing an audition is not a big deal and that's what i thought to myself you know i have nothing to lose and i said they're taking me all the way to the agency and they really like my profile is what he had told me so i was in for it You know every time you're taking a flight you have to check in and when you check in you're asked these seemingly random questions did you pack the bag yourself was the luggage out of your sight at any point we usually just click on whatever's the right answer and move on sometimes we do that even when we're carrying something for someone in another country it may be a document or a device it may be someone's favorite food it may be an award they couldn't collect because they weren't able to attend the award function The person you heard at the start of the episode is Crisan Pereira. If you've been a regular reader of the newspapers, you know exactly who she is. If you don't, she's an actor who featured in minor roles in films like Sadak 2 and Butler House. Crisan, who's a resident of Mumbai, made national headlines after finding herself as the lead character in one of the strangest rip stories reported this year. In today's episode, Crisan Pereira is in conversation with my colleague Bhavika Jain in Mumbai. about her remarkable experience so just a quick recap of what krisan said at the start of the episode in april of this year krisan is told she's being considered for an international web series she needs to fly to sharjah to audition all this information comes from a man she's never met before for most working people that sounds ridiculous why would you fly abroad just because someone tells you to surely that set off alarm bells krisan explains why it didn't set off alarm bells for someone like her who's an actor in the film industry so in our industry you can never know who is doing what because there are so many people you throw a stone on someone and you'll probably fall on someone from the from the film industry you know so there are so many people involved in the industry we know actors because they we see their faces on screen or you know in the credits we see directors and all of that but you do not know the amount of people that are working behind the screen even the ones who are at at top positions top roles we don't know them and there are a lot of the financiers who come from other industries ready to finance projects so this is what i thought it was because i went on i, I didn't go on but i i asked him i said what part do you play are you the producer are you the director who are you and he said he's the financer which then made sense to me that he didn't know so much how things work in the industry and he got my number through my mom my mom is a part of the real estate industry and um 
he told her that they met at a builder's office or at some meeting or something like that and you know he remembers that my mom mentioned that her daughter is an actor so he would like my number and then i said yeah sure give him my number and we will discuss the details after so krishan says that she meets this man named ravi who says he knows her mother and is a financier of movies and web series during the meeting ravi gives her the tickets for her sharja trip he talks to her about his projects and other work but suddenly mid conversation he has a small request for her he was just like hey can you take this uh, a colleague of mine left it here and he'd like to receive it and don't worry he'll come to your hotel room and pick it up so if you can please do that so i said yeah sure and i just took it and i kept it in my bag i have watched the cctv footage now so after he left i even looked at the object and i didn't look like there was an opening or a concealing or anything like that you know that there could be something inside of it and more than looking at whether there was something in it or not i remember looking at the trophy and thinking to myself that there are so many people in the corporate world that have like these award functions and all of that and poor guy like you know he's in dubai and his trophy is here i should just hand it over to him Krishan says Ravi didn't give her the contact details of who would receive her at Sharjah airport to take her to the hotel or the audition. Again, perhaps you're thinking, oh, red flag. She should have been backing out of this. Except, Krishan says that's hardly unusual in her line of work. So I obviously was pestering him. I said, you know, hey, like give me someone to call because I'm going to go there. I have, I'm traveling alone, all that that sort of thing. But even generally, when we work as actors. we are less worried about who's going to call and who's going to pick me up because there are other departments or other people in charge of these things so more like if you don't land somewhere at the time presented they are the people to worry it's not so much about you actors are just that way like that's how the industry works when i asked him for a contact he said don't worry they will be there much in advance standing there with a placard of your name and um, i just thought that he's the guy who's coordinating and he also posed to be at a really high post like he had thousands of people working for him so i didn't need to worry about it too much and honestly if they're sending me for an audition cross country i was just like oh big production i don't even need to worry about these things so on the 1st of april Krishan leaves Mumbai for Sharjah and it's a 3 hour long flight. It's after she lands, takes her baggage and steps out of the airport that Krishan begins to find out that something's very wrong. He had told me that everything is super planned and you know like they'll be there before time and all of that like to pick me up at the airport and someone's going to stand with a placard at the airport. And when I got there there was no one at the airport and I went on calling him and I realized that he had deleted all his WhatsApp messages from the day we began talking till that day and I found that super suspicious so I instantly called a friend I was asking him like does Uber work what is what should I do now and then I went back into the airport because my phone was dying and um I called the the hotel so the hotel So there was no booking in my name there was no booking in his name there was no booking for the first there was no booking for the second and then i told my friend that you know what i need to call my parents and tell them that this has happened and i called my dad up 
and i told him that you know like in a panic i was telling him multiple things and i also told him that i have this this guy gave me something so he said he gave you something what does that mean what did he give you and then i sent him a picture and then he said you know what there could be something in this so at that point obviously there was like this thought put into my mind by my dad but before that it didn't strike me and also up till then and even after i wasn't sure whether there was actually something in it or not so krishan is now in a nation which has among the strictest drug laws in the world and she's holding a suspicious package those arrested in drug related cases could face fines that run into lakhs of rupees and jail time of multiple years krishan explains why she still felt the best option at the time was to go to the police and come clean at the time i wasn't thinking straight i was so scared and so afraid i wasn't thinking of consequences i was thinking of safety and i obviously thought i would come out of it all because i had nothing to hide and i was not afraid to tell the truth i wasn't afraid of anything i just felt like i'm not wrong now wasn't even thinking about proof and all of that i was just thinking of safety of for me for my family for uh, majorly me because i was alone at that airport so i even told the police that that i am not sure whether there is something in this or not but i was feeling really unsafe because i didn't know whether there were people following me or am i just overthinking everything but i was in a in a country where i didn't know anyone so i just thought that whatever is happening the safest organization of a person to go to to ask for help is the police krishan explains how it played out once she did go to the police they were talking to each other in arabic i think they were trying to understand whether what i'm saying is the truth or did i actually intentionally bring the drugs from india to sharja but from reading their body language and face i knew that they believed me but according to their law if someone is technically smuggling drugs cross country then they can't just be let go they told me that this person that i am talking about the number that i gave them with the deleted messages gave them five calls that same night to tip them off about me and they did check like my suitcase they checked my you know all my medicines and honestly i had nothing like i just had some acidity tablet and you know like very these these stupid things that you do carry on trips i was honestly sitting in very comfortably at the police station even reading this book thinking that oh i'm a part of like a scam i didn't think that i was going to be involved i thought i was helping the police to you know catch the fraudster they got fee and they put it through the belt and uh, then they broke it open and they found the drugs in it and um, sometime later they found this little small chit inside the drugs which um, they kind of like rolled it open and they made me read it like that without me touching it and they said um, you know read what's written on it so it had like some amounts of drugs and then it i mean like it said like 0.5 kg of not i'm giving you the wrong go measurements but whatever you know it had had some something written and then it, it said the joke is on you and it was written in like really bad english grammar i was so like astonished not even realizing yet that i am the one technically in their eyes who's getting framed for this 
and very um, innocently i even asked the police i said oh now am i going home now <laughs> you know and they were like inshallah which means you know if god wills and that's when they took me they did a covid test first and they took me to the headquarters and after that they took me to prison so despite going in good faith to the police krishan ended up implicated in a case of transporting drugs to the united arab emirates her family was on the phone with her throughout the process as her luggage was being searched by the police but as she was taken into police custody they lost touch with her so i think they knew that i was with the police because i was on my airpods speaking to them while things were simultaneously happening so they were very aware of what was going on but they didn't have like in detail they didn't know what exactly was going on after i had my first conversation with the police everything that conspired after that they had no idea where i was they went on calling me i don't know how many calls i must have received from my family alone and 17 days later i spoke to them from the jail phone krishan says that while she was in jail and before she spoke with her family she was trying to wrap her head around why she was in this nightmarish situation I was making up stories to why someone who doesn't know me would try to you know get me involved in something like this. So I thought okay maybe it's some obsession someone who's obsessed with me trying to just do something bad. I had no idea about all the information that was in this because this is what the court asked me. They said why would someone send you with drugs and then call the airport and tip the airport police off now if you've read the many reports on the case you know who the key players were in getting krishan perera arrested paul anthony is the prime accused in the case and owns a bakery in the mumbai suburb of borivli where krishan is also from his accomplice was rajesh bhubate who met krishan pretending to be the high flying financier ravi bhubate worked in a bank in a mid managerial position The third person arrested was a drunk peddler identified as Shanti Singh Rajput. So didn't Krishan know Anthony or any of the two other accused in the case? Anthony, who's the mastermind in this entire thing, I have met him maybe once or twice very casually and once I had done a meeting with him where I had written a script and he wanted to finance it. But in my wildest dreams I never connected the two and Anthony his sister lives in my building and he has has a bakery in my colony but otherwise there's absolutely no connection to this person or to any of the three people and the third person who was caught is a drug dealer i don't even know his name i don't even know his face even now but on the 2nd of april as she was arrested and put in jail none of this mattered krishan told bhavika about what it was like being in jail the first few nights it was very very traumatic and i was in a major culture shock because not only was i in another country but i was with so many people from so many different nationalities that i'd never met before i couldn't understand what the police was saying and also like everybody needed to translate from one language or like talk in sign language or you know like just say one or two words where you understand what is going on but eventually i did land up making friends i made friends with two three maybe five people and then you know everybody just hellos everyone because you see each other day in and day out but there was one friend in particular who was this nigerian girl and 
um we would try to talk to each other about how we're feeling emotionally when i would cry she would come up to me and really just try and console me and and tell me that she doesn't know me and she believes me so why would in the court believe me um and i think that really gave me hope honestly it has been the toughest time this far that i have had to um, really survive through there were days that were absolutely hopeless because the only people that you are in touch with communicating with are your fellow inmates and they were telling me that i would probably get a 25 year sentence there are different rooms and everybody comes in different batches so all the fellow inmates that came with me had left they'd gone to a different room or their case had been resolved they'd gone home but it was just me that was left behind so i started to give into that fear of of serving a sentence for a crime that not only i didn't commit but i have no idea to why someone would try to frame me like this and how would i prove to the court and the police that i have nothing to do with this person or this incident every day was it was like it felt like a month every day felt like a month because all you do is you're locked with your thoughts and you sleep and you eat and you watch tv so that was difficult but i would try and work out every alternate day or once in a way or once in 3 days at least to keep the mind going i would try to wake up earlier than everybody else and like wash my clothes you know and have my bath and all of that so that you know like i'm not getting in the way of other people because you're sharing a space with so many people from so many classes and nationalities so i would try to just deal with that and i remember telling myself that, that i need to eat to survive i need to sleep to survive so it was just survival i went on telling myself that i'm just here for a few days kuch din ke mehman hu to i have to survive it even as krisan was in jail anthony the bakery owner and prime accused in the case turned up at krisan's home in mumbai the mumbai police say he told her family that if they paid him 80 lakh rupees he'd bribe the police and charge to get her out of jail like the now missing film financier ravi anthony claimed to have great connections in the uae Luckily for Krishan her family didn't believe Anthony and instead filed a case with the Mumbai police around the end of April Anthony and his accomplices were arrested SM Adali reporting for the Times of India wrote about why Anthony is believed to have gone through all of this it turns out Anthony allegedly had an argument with Krishan's mother over the wearing of masks during the covid-19 pandemic and over the feeding of local dogs after the arrest of Anthony and two others The Mumbai police quickly recorded their confessions and completed other documentation of their crime. Krishan's mother then rushed to Sharjah with the legal documents from Mumbai so that Krishan could be proven innocent and released. What also emerged during the investigation is that Anthony had allegedly done the same thing to other people in the past. Clayton Rodriguez was a disc jockey and lived in the same area as Krishan and Anthony. He was promised an opportunity in the UAE just before he left. Clayton was handed a cake that he was asked to give someone who would meet him in the UAE. Turns out, Krishan had heard of Clayton during her own ordeal. At the time when I reached the police station, when I reached the airport, the police inspector told me that they found the same note in Clayton's cake. And that's the thing that kept me going, you know, that maybe I have been brought into this so that 
my case can help him or they can put both our cases together and see that you know it's the same person who's framed us i wasn't sure at the time whether he knew them or it had any relation at all but my family had already found out everything that had happened unlike krishan in clayton's case he was caught at the airport and sentenced to 25 years in jail by a court the mumbai police say that the reason he was targeted was even stranger than krishan's Anthony and Clayton's families were once reportedly part of the same vacation. Anthony's girlfriend at the time allegedly made some comment about the DJ resembling her child's father. The Mumbai police say that was reason enough for Anthony to target the unsuspecting DJ. At least three other people were allegedly targeted by Anthony in the past, but like Krishan, they weren't caught at the airport. Krishan explains what she's understood so far of the other cases and why she's determined to help get Clayton out of prison. So out of all the victims out of all the victims we know of okay i do not know whether there are more but out of what we know out of the five victims or six victims two of us were in jail the other three they not land up getting caught or they did not carry the item because they knew better or they are more traveled or have more information about these rules so clayton and i both went to jail So there's only one person who is of what we know is in Sharjah jail and 100% my statement and you know my family statement and all the proof that we can gather about his conversations with Clayton's family is what we are hoping will get Clayton um out of jail all the victims things that they did to us were similar how they um uh, got us into this mess but few things are different I would say उन्नीस बीस का फर्क है क्योंकि What is Clayton's life worth? Twenty-five years in jail is no joke. That's like killing someone, or worse, I don't know. So I don't think he should just be let go scot-free, and we'll try our best to um, tell the court the truth of what has happened. Understandably, Krishan is full of praise for the Mumbai police and other Indian government departments for helping her get out of jail. But even after she was proven innocent and released. It took weeks before other legalities could be completed. She finally returned to Mumbai on the 3rd of August. She tells Bhavika what it's been like since she returned home and what she's looking forward to. I'm visiting doctors. I'm also doing therapy. I was doing it before and I'm continuing with therapy now as well. It's a safe space with doctors around even if there is a panic attack or an anxiety attack there are medical professionals to take care of me. and um i don't feel the strong urge to be very social right now so i haven't really been like talking to too many people but i am very fortunate to have a very strong close network of people who i love and who love me my family and uh, very close old school friends so i have just been in touch with few people and, and you know i'm trying to just get back to life you know breathe a little air do a little workout listen to music watch some indian content that i wasn't available um in the uae just like get back to life i haven't been taking up 
a lot of work, like not auditioning five times a day, but, but I have some dubbing to do and uh, some little shoot left. So I'm really excited for for that and for my releases that are due this year or early next year. Today's episode was produced by Jairad Singh and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TOI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at toipodcast at timesinternet.in.